Hello, everyone. This is Julie Townsend, and I am your host for the next hour on Downtown Dish, where we talk about downtown stuff. The good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, And we're going to talk about a little bit of that today, actually, with our guest, uh, Jim Edwards, is my guest today. And um, we're going to be talking about some things that happened many, many decades ago. So it's going to be a good show with lots of interesting historical facts. Uh, But before we get to that and I give you a little more details about my guest, just wanted to update you on the fun things that are happening in downtown. We had, uh, if you didn't go to the Holiday Night Market this past Saturday, you missed out on an amazing event. It was super fun. So many people, probably 10,000 people downtown. It was was, uh, uh, crazy, but very uh, well maintained, very well uh, uh, managed. And um, uh, organized chaos is what I would say. Organized chaos is what that was. Um, but it was a lot of fun. The merchants, we had 140 vendors in the street uh, selling their wares. Uh, the retail stores were open late. The restaurants were open late. Um, we had live music. We had DJ. It was just a lot of fun. So we hope to do that event again next holiday season. And, of course, uh, this is the last Saturday before Uh, the new year for the farmer's market. So the farmer's market closes when there's a major holiday and happens to be Christmas Day on Saturday. And then the next Saturday is New Year's Day. So we're going to be closed for two weeks. So this Saturday, December 18th, yes, December 18th, is the last farmer's market in 2021. So please be sure to come down, do your shopping, Uh, Get your produce, uh, get all of your tasty uh, jarred items that uh, that are delicious and uh, that our vendors work very hard in crafting. We've got sauces and seasonings and uh, pickles and jellies and jams and, of course, produce and there's pasta. Uh, There's all kinds of uh, very delicious items for you to buy and serve over the course of the hol- the next two weeks of holidays that um, will impress your families uh, with um, with yummy meals that you can make with those dish with those items. So December 18th, last farmers market for the new year. Uh, Friday is festive Friday, which means that the retail stores are open late for shopping. So please come down and support the local retailers if you have not already purchased. Uh, some items from the downtown shops. You have an opportunity to do that in the evening on Friday and, of course, all day Saturday as well. And then their regular store hours uh, in the following weeks. But uh, festive Fridays are fun. And unfortunately, if you were looking forward to the Can Tuna concert that the city was uh was doing in Munn Park, it has been postponed. So December 17th was going to be uh, a live concert in Munn Park, but unfortunately the band had uh, an emergency and was uh, unable to to do that. So they're going to be rescheduling that. Just watch the city's website, lakelandgov.net, or their Facebook page to find out where, uh, where and when that, obviously it'll be in Munn Park, but when that will be uh, rescheduled. So... Um, Back to my guest, Jim Edwards. Jim was, Jim is actually right now currently an advisor with SVN Saunders Ralston Danzler Commercial Real Estate. Uh, and he is currently the president of Historic Lakeland. And what he was back in 87 through 2000 was what I 
hold the title for today, but completely different job. (laughs) (laughs) And he will tell you that. Uh, The Lakeland Downtown Development Authority Executive Director. So thank you for joining me today and telling us uh, the next 45 minutes about all the fun things that have happened in downtown uh, during your years and how how things have changed. So welcome. I I appreciate the chance to be here and go back through... uh, my memory and see if uh, yeah we gotta we gotta peel back the layers of that onion it it goes back uh over 30 years actually yeah so um you were actually born and raised in lakeland yes uh born here in within the city limits (laughs) and uh grew up uh, went to cleveland court and southwest junior and lakeland high school i'm a dreadnought Mm, go dreadnoughts yes my children graduated from lakeland i am not a Lakelander. I am a New Orleanian, a Louisianian, whatever we call well, we ourselves. welcome all. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've been here for 21 years, so I, I'm a Lakelander now, I guess. Um, so, yeah, you have, um, you've, you've, were born and raised in Lakeland and then studied, what were, what, what is your credentials out there in the world? Uh, well, I went to the University of Florida and actually uh, graduated. <laughs> with a degree in landscape architecture, which is design of exterior spaces, basically. And uh, from there, I went to FSU, so I, oh. I cover both sides. Oh. And, uh, Who got do you a, cheer for these days? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I tend to follow Florida a bit more. Oh, do you? Okay. Uh, the uh, So at FSU, I got a graduate degree in urban planning. Okay. So it, it was a good background for coming back to Lakeland and working to improve the downtown. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, so you have uh, you have the the heart for it because you were born and raised here. Right. You went off and got all schooled up, mm-hmm. got the schooling for it, and then you came back and and we're going to talk about when we come back after the break uh, some of the projects that happened in our downtown uh, in your years of uh, of being the LDDA executive director. And then we'll talk other projects that are happening now and what your thoughts are about those. Right. Mm, that might be dishy. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, stick with us. We're going to be back in just a moment with Jim Edwards. And we're talking about uh, historic Lakeland and downtown Lakeland projects from the 80s till now. We are back with Downtown Dish. We are with you on Tuesdays from 5 to 6. I'm Julie Townsend. I am the executive director of the Lakeland Downtown Development Authority. That sounds very fancy, but these days it's not nearly as fancy as it was a few decades ago when my guest Jim Edwards was the executive director of the Lakeland Downtown Development Authority. Uh, we can certainly talk about how the roles have changed, and he is definitely more credentialed than I am. Uh, and uh, the work that he did is quite different than the work that I do today. But um, we're going to talk about some of that work. So, yeah, Jim, thanks for being on the show with me. Happy to be here. And um, so, yeah, let's talk about some of the projects. Uh, you were the director of the LDDA back in 87 through 2000. And back mm-hmm. then um, it was how is it? What was your authority? Uh, I should say, what was it's certainly different than mine is today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say uh, two major differences. So one, of course, is that we were starting kind of with a clean slate uh, to build and develop the downtown as opposed to manage and operate mm-hmm. the downtown. Uh, because it was um, pretty sad Mm. uh, back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, The other big difference is that we were 
the DDA, was also the CRA, the Community Redevelopment Agency, for the city at that time. And we were independent of the city commission and the city manager. So, frankly, we were able to do some things that uh, are not possible today <laughs> uh, with the CRA because we had an independent board of directors that uh, were simply focused on downtown and didn't have the distraction of other issues right. that they had to deal with. Right. Solely, solely focused, yes. So some of the projects that happened that came to fruition or changed downtown um, – we talked about sort of on the break, we talked about the terrace. We just mentioned them, Terrace Hotel, the Amtrak station, moving the bus station, all the streetscape, the Marble Arcade building, Lake Mirror Promenade, Munn Park. That's a lot of things that, yeah. that the people today enjoy and don't realize were either in complete disrepair or, um, you know, not where they are. <laughs> yes. Not today. So tell us some of those – tell us some stories about some of those projects. Well – First, the uh, ground floor space downtown was about 40% vacant. Mm. So essentially every other storefront that you walked past was closed and mm. unoccupied uh, back when we got started. So we had to attack this from multiple directions. Um, there was the appearance of downtown, you know, the, the uh, curb appeal, if you will, to right. use a residential analogy, right. uh, was rather poor. So we began making changes to the physical environment, the, the area between the buildings. And we started on North Kentucky Avenue in what we called the Antiques District because mm. there were so many antiques dealers uh, in the area at that time. And we widened sidewalks rather dramatically, took the distance out of the streets. Mm -hmm. the, the streets downtown were actually wider than the interstate highway. Oh, wow. By a lot. Mm. So... We, we captured some of that space that wasn't needed right? Uh, and widened the sidewalks for the pedestrian experience while still maintaining parking on the street and adequate driving lanes. Uh, so we had space to work with and uh, be began to bias the downtown back a little more toward the pedestrian and a little less toward traffic. Right. Ultimately, we were able to even uh, change the direction, if you will, of downtown streets from one-way pairs back to two-way streets, uh, which, of course, was predicted to create all kinds of chaos, but in fact, that never happened. And uh, we made like... the area a lot more friendly, user-friendly. Yeah. So what, what is that? Because some people have even suggested, like, why don't you go to one-way streets and, and, yeah. and put in, you know, angled parking so that you can add more parking to the streets? Sure. What, is the, what are the pros and cons of this one-way concept? Well, one-way streets um, in most of the country were actually a fad mm. more than they were a Function. solution to a problem. <laughs> ah. um, in in uh, very dense urban settings like New York City, mm -hmm. one-way streets make a lot of sense, mm. but uh, not in a in a much more placid place like uh, Lakeland, Florida, and, right. and cities of our size. Um, the negatives are that it uh, first of all causes people to drive faster. Mm -hmm. um, it um, the pedestrian you, yeah you, you lose the buffer of the or the yeah. or the con the the conflict that, yeah you know mm -hmm. and the uh, pedestrian perceives whether they realize it or not they perceive it as an auto environment not an environment for them hmm. not an environment for people uh, probably the most destructive uh, 
aspect of one-way streets is is the fact that uh, businesses only have access from one direction and visibility from one direction mm -hmm. rather than twice the traffic seeing their storefront it's half the traffic right potentially right um, and again it's traffic that seems to be intent on getting through the area rather than coming to the to, area yeah. stopping and doing business uh, in the area so uh, that was a major change that we were finally able to make after uh, quite an effort yes yeah I bet that was probably a fight back in the day a little bit so I think I uh, probably got a little off track oh there. sorry that was my fault because <laughs> I, I you were talking about changing the physical environment right and widening the sidewalks so, uh, you know people kind of questioned that at the time you know if you've got an area that is blighted that is has a lot of vacancy why would you spend public money mm -hmm. putting lipstick on it right and uh <laughs> and i said just be patient mm -hmm. uh, you know we've got to change the character of the area so that the investor will look at it as a little less risky right. than it was before right buy the property renovate the property and then that will bring the tenants the retailers the restaurants the offices right and they then will generate the pedestrian traffic. So, it, you know, it's a it's it's a puzzle that mm -hmm. you have to put together to redevelop an area that has declined over time. And uh, the private sector is not going to do it when the conditions are that poor, poor and the yeah. risk is that high. But once it gets started, the private sector takes over and begins to uh, invest and generate new activity. Right. And that's what's happened with downtown today right it's always about priming the pump to to get those private dollars to say this is not nearly as risky as you yes. know and mm -hmm. and and to make those investments so speaking of of that we had we we talked about um you know the terrace hotel as being a building that was quite blighted oh yeah and uh, so what, what's the story with the well, terrace hotel it's beautiful it had, today so it had declined to a point where it was not only vacant there were no windows in the building. Mm. It was full of birds. Uh, it was regularly <laughs> full of transients. Mm. Uh, there were fires started oh, wow. in the building, graffiti, uh, drug use, you name it. It was yeah. going on in that, uh, in that big empty building. And what made it particularly difficult was that the owner had sold the building and the buyer had defaulted on the loan, mm. on the sale. And so the owner, the seller, was smart enough to realize that he controlled the property but did not have to take title. Under Florida law, he did not have to return. He did not have to reclose on the property mm -hmm. and claim title to the property. So there was no way to get to him through code enforcement or any uh, other measure. So he could just wait. Right. So we came up with a very creative solution. We used a state tax credit program to... Uh, provide enough of an incentive because he paid state corporate income taxes to uh, purchase the building from him. But that wasn't quite enough to cause him to uh, release it. So we we purchased one of the two parcels the building was on for a relatively small amount of money. So the CRA, LDDA, was, became the owner of the building. Mm. And we were able then to advertise it and find a developer to renovate the property. So it turned out to be quite a positive story out of something that was very negative. Yeah, I mean, if you've just come to Lakeland and don't have the the historical knowledge of the disrepair that that building was in, I think people would think that that's been a building that's been preserved yes. over time, always. It's a beautiful building, and they just 
reinvested some additional dollars mm-hmm. recently in revamping the rooms and and uh, and the ground floor. I think the, the the restaurant has had a facelift, so it's a beautiful space. Yeah. And that leads to uh, uh, an area that I think is important to talk about, and that is the the regulatory environment, uh, the economic environment of the downtown had to be addressed as well. For example, uh, the zoning of downtown was the same commercial districts that are out on South Florida Avenue, mm. requiring setbacks and right. uh, not allowing residential above commercial, you right. know, all the basics. I mean, downtown was illegal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As we know it today, it was. And um, so we wrote a new, two new zoning classifications for the downtown, one for the historic district, one for the remainder of the downtown that not only allowed for these mixtures of uses, but actually required buildings to build to the front mm-hmm. property, uh, line. property mm-hmm. line on the sidewalk and right. have certain characteristics that uh, were of a traditional downtown. Right. And that made um, the downtown area more attractive for development. Yeah. And then there were um, other incentives, such as uh, created the historic district so that there were tax credits, mm-hmm. federal tax credits for people who restored historic buildings like the Terrace Hotel. Right. And and so the um, the LDDA slash CRA at the time purchased that and sold it to – What did you sell it to the folks who had owned it up until the most recent transaction? Yes. Okay. So that mm-hmm. had been a long, long time owner of of the building. Um, so yeah, we're going to we're going to keep talking about uh, other projects. The terrace is a is a great example of you know what the good work that you did in in those in those days. And there's so many others we could go on for hours talking about them. And uh, but we're going to talk about uh, the promenade. I think that's a really important piece of work that you did there, and the the road that used to exist there. And I'm mm-hmm. sure there's lots of controversy about that. And Mun Park too. Mun Park did not look the way it looks today, uh, back in in the '80s, right? So we had some some restoration to do. We did some wonky things in the '50s and '60s. I think you're yes. you're going to tell us about. So when we come back, we'll keep talking about uh, fun historic things in downtown with Jim Edwards. You're listening to Downtown Dish. are back. This is Julie Townsend with Downtown Lakeland, and this is Downtown Dish, and we're going to dish out all the dirty, deep, dark secrets about downtown over the coming weeks. Maybe, maybe not. But we do have some blast from the past with us today, Jim Edwards, uh, who is the LDDA Executive Director from 87 to 2000. So this is the uh, time when downtown looked pretty rough. And uh, this organization, the Lakeland Downtown Development Authority and the CRA, which was the same organization back in the day, did a lot of heavy lifting to, to get get downtown to a place where private investment was now peaked, peaked interest in downtown, mm-hmm. had, had some, uh, some giving it some loving glances, if you will. So we just talked about the Terrace Hotel and that, that uh, project, um, but... Another big deal that that happened under your leadership was Lake Mirror Promenade, Francis Langford Promenade, I should say, on yes. Lake Mirror. <laughs> so tell us about what that looked like back in 
the well, 80s. Well, that, uh, that began as a private sector, sector effort on the part of Historic Lakeland in about 1979. Uh, at that time, uh, the city and the DDA, mm-hmm. which was brand new, had uh, hired a consulting firm to write a plan mm-hmm. for the redevelopment of downtown Lakeland. And I happened to be one of the staff members, <laughs> fresh out of graduate school. Oh, good. Uh, to write that plan. Okay. And so one of the uh, things that we did was to recognize that there are historic buildings and sites within the downtown that should be emphasized and that are strengths mm-hmm. rather than weaknesses. And uh, we highlighted the fact that the promenade had been allowed to deteriorate dramatically over the years. And unfortunately, in the early 50s, uh, this Lemon Street was brought down the hill and around the south side of Lake Mirror, cutting it off, the park off mm-hmm. from the, the promenade itself. So it, it eliminated the promenade on the south side of the lake because that uh, street was not there when uh, the project was built. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the time we were uh, working on this downtown plan, uh, Gene Bunch came along and uh, discovered that we were doing this historic research, and she was very interested in it at the time. And so that kicked off the uh, creation of Historic Lakeland, Inc., which was a private not-for-profit that really focused for many years on uh, rallying around the promenade and and getting it back into its uh, original form Mm -hmm. and character and usefulness to the community. Uh, So the first thing we did was get it listed on the National Register of Historic Places, and then we took a roadshow around every civic organization and school group and church in the community. And eventually there was a consensus at City Hall and elsewhere that we really needed to restore this property. We were able to achieve some grants from mm. through the state, but most of it was paid for by the city of Lakeland. Mm. And over the course of about uh, 10 years, the bulk of the work was done to repair the concrete, to create the new promenade to replace the, the uh, lighting mm-hmm. uh, and the vases and many of the ornaments that had been lost over the years. So finally, uh, after that was accomplished, uh, we were able to convince the city commission, and that by this time I was with the DDA, mm-hmm. that uh, we needed to remove the road mm-hmm. around the south side of the lake because that was the only way it was going to become the park that we know today that right. is no, there's, Incredible. there's no amphitheater, no Hollis Garden. None of that. None of that. Um, so, it, interestingly, because it was a U.S. part of U.S. Highway, it was part of U.S. 92, the Department of Transportation was involved. Mm. And uh, I don't have to tell you what that's like. <laughs> but uh, the city commission asked the DOT to study the closure of the road. Well, they dragged their feet and, mm. frankly, did nothing. Mm. And so I called the governor's office in Tallahassee and talked to Jay Peterson from Lakeland, who was the governor's counsel, Governor Childs. Mm. And before you know it, there was a call to the DOT secretary to mm. Undrag stop, the feet. <laughs> stop dragging your feet. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Things started to happen. How that happens. And of course they did a study where they spent a lot of money to right. show how awful traffic was going to be when this road was closed. Right. And of course it turned out not to be that way at all. Right. So the the project was done. And then that allowed Hollis Garden, the amphitheater, and all of the wonderful events and activities that happen down there now to occur because right. we moved the road uh, out of the park. 
Right. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing space. I can't even imagine not, it not being there. I mean, yes. that's 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 where everyone brings their out of town guests. Like yep. this is my city, you know, mm-hmm. and they bring them to. It's iconic. It's right. a world class space. And right. It's been recognized as such, and that used to be the logo of Lakeland all the way through the '40s and '50s, and then it, of course, declined. Yeah. But now people use it in their businesses as a image of the community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Um, Oh, I was going to ask you about something else, and now it totally went out of my brain. Um, the the uh, Amtrak station is is on the other side of the road there, and yes. so that was that that was not the original place where the train station was. The original train station was on the north side of Mun Park, and it was uh, removed in about 1960 61 mm-hmm. period out. Onto what is now George Jenkins Highway, U.S. Uh, 92, mm-hmm. George Jenkins Boulevard, excuse me. Um, and I don't recall how I became aware of this, but I began looking into Amtrak, thinking, you know, having that passenger station downtown again would be yet one more piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. to creating activity and and access to the area. But we wanted to do it in a way that didn't block the north-south streets. Mm-hmm. Um, so... When I looked into it, I discovered that uh, Amtrak's lease on the facility from CSX out on George Jenkins was uh, coming up mm. in a couple of years, and they weren't going to have a place to stop in mm. Lakeland. So I got with the DOT again, this time on much more friendly terms, <laughs> and they were they gave us a grant to analyze mm. and locate a, loca- uh, a station location, yeah. and we ended up choosing the spot north of Lake Mirror because the train could stop there without blocking north-south streets. Right. So DOT funded the initial work, and then the city picked up and really did the heavy work of mm-hmm. uh, funding the construction of the train station, which, by the way, was designed to fit in with the promenade, with the arches and the exposed mm-hmm. aggregate uh, concrete. Yeah. Uh, so now passengers who are even just sitting on the train get a real positive view of Lakeland when they look out over Lake Mirror rather they than... The rather decrepit industrial station that we had previously. Right, and so the the Mun Park uh, station, all that the, where the the state building and the state garage is today, that was all rail yard. Yes, that's mm-hmm. so interesting. From the I, early earliest part of Lakeland, yeah. and, and that's what created Lakeland. Of course, was the rail coming through. Right, right. Yes, believe me, CSX reminded me that. A lot in the late 2000s when we were fighting. Um, (laughs) We made your city. Okay, whatever. Um, So, yeah, we we had – so you guys – were you a part of the decision-making to have the state building uh, placed there? Uh, Indirectly. uh, I was not in any official position at the time. I was still with the consulting firm. Mm, Okay. And we made a recommendation that a public office building be built on one of those parking lots mm-hmm. uh, between Munn Park and Pine Street uh, so that new investment would come to the Pine Street area because mm-hmm. it was the most blighted, the most difficult area to redevelop of downtown. Yeah. So we suggested public dollars be spent to build a public building there. And interestingly... I was at WONN being interviewed by <laughs> Dan Sanborn and describing this 
idea for a public office building, and Curtis Peterson, Senator Curtis Peterson, mm. was on his way back to Tallahassee, listening on the radio, oh. filed a bill to fund a new state office building. And what is it called? The Curtis Peterson the Curtis State <laughs> Office Building. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I know we got to go to break here in just a, in just a minute, but um, but Munn Park uh, was was quite different when you started, right? It had yes. a different design, and you guys worked to get it restored, sort of to its historical uh, yes um, design with the sidewalks in this in the X sort of position and all that, mm-hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> it was it was a little wonky. Uh, if you look at pictures from what the '60s um, had a big weird fountain in the center, and not even not even in the center really, it was more of no. one of the quadrants, and so that was an interesting thing. So I wanted you to touch on that, but then I want your opinion on some things that I have to deal with today. I want you are you are my mentor. You are <laughs> you are you know like the uh, the the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> for me, like, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> so I want to get your thoughts on some projects that um, are being suggested today. All right. And, uh, well, I will try not to be offensive. Okay. <laughs> so when we come back, we'll hear a little bit about Munn Park uh, and how it has evolved over the years. And then we'll get some dish, some dish from Jim on current projects. <laughs> We are back. Julie Townsend here with Downtown Dish, and my guest is Jim Edwards. He is currently an advisor with Saunders Ralston Danzler Commercial Real Estate and the current historic Lakeland president. But what we're really talking about is his years as the Lakeland Downtown Development Authority slash CRA executive director, where a good bit of the amazing things that you love about downtown today Uh, happened. And um, so he has sort of that perspective of how things were uh, in the in the bad old days, if if you will. And uh, so we 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 left off with sort of where Munn Park was. My understanding is Munn Park was was kind of a mess. They redid it in the 50s and 60s and it didn't turn out so well. Right. (laughs) Yes, that is correct. (laughs) Well, I think it was a combination of uh, the design issues of the park. And the fact that uh, so much of the retail space was being vacated, uh, that, um, you know, when there's a void, when it's a vacuum, uh, something's going to fill it, mm-hmm. and the transient population uh, tended to fill it. So it became known as Bum Park. Oh, nice. And uh, so it was uh, it was unfortunate, but uh, it, it needed to be turned into a much more uh, attractive and people-friendly public space. And that's what we did. And there was, fortunately, there was some real buy-in by the general community. Mm-hmm. And if you go down today, you'll see all the bricks that uh, people contributed to. Right. Their names are inscribed. And people purchased benches, light fixtures, mm-hmm. uh, the fountain. Mm-hmm. The McKay family paid for the fountain. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it was a real community effort, which obviously is a positive thing in and of itself, but it also got people invested in downtown. And right. Come down to see their brick. Right, visit their uh, brick. <laughs> so as we made these improvements and changes to the downtown, people began to take notice. Yeah. Uh, because we had events and other things that uh, caused them to visit once again because some people hadn't come downtown in years. Yeah. So who are some of the pioneer retailers that, that came down in your years? 
probably the first one of real significance was Gloria Brooke with mm. Brooke Pottery. Um, of course, there were plenty that were that were here from right, way back. Right. That um, the antiques had, district had managed yeah. to survive over mm-hmm. the years. Uh, uh, Snyder's Shoe Store and mm. and of course Nathan's, which yes. just recently <clears throat> closed, even though it was successful. Right. Uh, the Empire unfortunately had to move out. Um, trying to think of some of the others. It, of course, I dealt mostly with developers and property owners. Right. But we did do some recruiting to uh, to get retailers to come down as mm-hmm. well as restaurants. Yeah. Uh, we were able to convince Crispers to build their second restaurant here mm. uh, in the downtown. And that's, that was a local Lakeland-based company, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Where was their first location? Uh, out in Merchant's Walk mm. Shopping Center. Okay. Merchants. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So um, I had said before the break that I wanted you to kind of give me some fatherly advice or, <laughs> or ghost of Christmas past sort of advice about some things. And one of the things that, you know, we hear about right now that that, that people suggest um, – is closing closing the streets mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe just one street, maybe just South Kentucky, and making it a pedestrian uh, walk, pedestrian friendly area, or but just nothing but pedestrians yeah. only. Um, in your experience, uh, mm-hmm. you've you've been the CRA manager in in, in many other cities, and uh, uh, and certainly have, have dealt with development and and economic development for many many years. So, what are your what are your thoughts on that concept? Well, I think a uh, uh like an overnight or a weekend closure of a street for a special event is just fine. Like a farmer's market, yeah, you mean? Not, mm. not a problem. I did not pay you to say that. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, having festivals and, sure. and events is all part of the programming that's needed mm-hmm. for a shopping center as well as a downtown. Right. Um, closing a street to uh, access to traffic mm-hmm. has been a failure in almost every instance that it's been done across the country. Mm. There are some notable exceptions, uh, but typically those are in cities that um, have very high population density within walking distance right, of that exactly. street right. or have some other, uh, like a major institution uh, that draws a tremendous pedestrian population. Uh, the businesses along those streets need the visibility mm-hmm. of people passing by. Um we don't think about it when we're driving our cars, but we, we not only look at what's on the side of the street, the, the businesses, but we, we, we look for a parking space right in front of where we want to go as opposed to where the mm-hmm. parking is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we want to check the place out first. Uh, very few people think in terms of, well, I'll park over here and I'll dr- walk over there. Right. It, it just is not user-friendly. Right. And so like the one-way streets of old, uh, closing streets is generally – uh, not a good idea. It's bad for business. Hmm. All right. Well, I'll put that down because uh, check for Julie. I get an A plus on that one because I agree with you and I don't have nearly the credentials behind my name as you do. Thought that was just sort of common sense. Um, the well, other... that's more important than credentials, <laughs> believe me. But on that same <clears throat> note, um, you know, some people are saying, well, like we did on Main Street, which is a project that we did support, the LDDA and the CRA partnered to fund the widening of the sidewalk on Main Street, and mm-hmm. that was, you know, c- could be 
very controversial. We lost 11 parking spaces, but I think everyone agrees that it was a good decision and it's a beautiful space. And uh, we've got, you know, larger sidewalk cafes with the, the umbrellas. And, you know, as you, um, I don't think you said this on air, but I think you said it on a break that, you know, when you're driving by, you, you want to see that activity. You want to see the, um, the energy and activity on the streets and say, oh, I'll get out, I'll park and get out and join that yes. activity. Um, so so I think it's really important. So there's opportunities now. There's talk of could we do that in other blocks of downtown and should we? Um, and uh, what are your, you know, it, it, if we did that on South Kentucky, for example, took both sides of the street, expanded the sidewalks and took away those 28 spaces of parking. Mm. Thoughts? Well, <laughs> putting you on the spot here. Yeah, that's a difficult one. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not hedging. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm honestly <laughs> responding that I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Right. And I think uh, there may be a time when it is, for sure. But I think we would should move forward very carefully. Right. With, that. with a plan. Yeah. Yeah. We um, should really study all of downtown and and talk about that. Again, it's a, it's something intangible about activity and traffic and seeing the pedestrians from the car and seeing the cars from the pedestrian. Uh, if you go too far in one direction or the other, either totally pedestrian or totally mm-hmm. automobiles, then then you're going to have a problem uh, right? Ha- with a, having a successful business on that street. So I would say move forward very carefully. Um, you know, in the business, we refer to that on-street parking as teaser parking spaces mm-hmm. because you're not going to get one, right. but you're going to go by and look. <laughs> exactly. And uh, You're going to hope you win that parking lottery. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those teaser spaces need to be there for people to think, well, there's a possibility I'm going to get a good parking space downtown. Right. Uh, so as every time you eliminate one of those spaces, mm-hmm. you, uh, you make the area a little less attractive to what's become a car dependent population. Right. Yeah, unfortunately. I uh, I don't I don't know if we'll ever be the pedestrian friendly place that I think most of us hope we will be. Uh and I think it's mainly because we don't have that density of population. Uh we are building lots of new, you know, there's lots of new apartments slated for downtown in various uh pockets and even in the garden district. So uh my my thing has always been bring me more people who can live close enough to walk after work for dinner and on the weekends for shopping and grab a cup of coffee, you know, um, come down to the farmer's market. We need those, those folks living close enough to Mm. where walking is just, you know, super easy. Yeah. But for the foreseeable future, the bulk of the customer base is going to be at a distance from downtown and and they need those on-street spaces to make them feel like uh, they have a place here. Right, right. <sighs> well, that's all right. I, I'm on the fence about, about that. I totally understand the uh, the desire to widen the sidewalks. It would um, it looks great on Main Street, and I think every block, it would be great if, if we could have both. And that's what we can't. <laughs> I go to St. Pete, and I see uh, that they have these nice, wide 20-foot sidewalks, and they yes. also have on-street parking. Uh, and so it's just... Um, they have just, much wider right-of-ways. Yes, much right, much wider right-of-ways. But that's not that we can't fix that. We, we have to pick up the buildings and move them, and yes. we're not going to do that. So uh, one 30-second, uh, what do you think about the road, the road diet or the road resizing? Oh. 
going to cause me to step in it now. <laughs> you only have 30 seconds. You can't step in it well, for long. Well, I've seen it work elsewhere, mm-hmm. so I'm a little more positive toward it than mm-hmm. a lot of folks. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, in the scheme of things, uh, you know, taking another couple of minutes to drive through is uh, not the end of the world. Exactly. If it does what's intended, which is to generate uh, right. more pedestrian activity and, and retail restaurant activity right. in the Dixieland area. area. Yeah. So I think it's worth uh, the experiment. Yeah. Um, we're just going to have to see if uh, if folks will find alternative routes. Right. Well, we are unfortunately out of time. I would love to have you back if we continue this crazy show. Uh, we are Downtown Dish on Tuesdays at 5. I'm Julie Townsend with the Lakeland Downtown Development Authority, and we thank you for listening. We hope you'll come back next Tuesday and join us again. <laughs>